0: What's going on, everyone? We are back for another episode of After the Snow. It's our exclusive Snowfall After Show podcast. You'll only find on Breakbeat here with myself, Miss Brett Jeffries, and my co-host, Freeway Rick Ross. What's up, Rick? What up, Dave? I'm ready, man. Let's get it. Yeah, man. As you can see, we're in a little different location. We're not at the Breakbeat Chicago headquarters today, but, you know, we had to keep the shows uh, going. Uh, So we're Breakbeat International today. So if you guys hear some noises in the background, we're, you know, we'll just have to deal with some of the elements uh, of us being uh, out of town this week. On one of them beautiful islands, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very getting All the
1: sun we can get,
0: exactly. Yeah, it
1: looks exactly. It looks, Before it we looks get back to that there. Chicago winter,
0: it looks lovely so over there. <laughs> it is, it is. So, we're talking about um, episode two of uh, the new season of snowfall. Um, the uh, the name of the episode that uh, it was, it was given. yeah the name of the episode this week is commitment um so Rick I wanted to just you know I know you watched the episode w- what do you what do you take from that commitment title well um I think Franklin had his agenda that he
2: that he wanted to uh, implement you know especially since he found out that his old lady was pregnant now and I think she had gotten to his head a little bit about uh, uh being there for his baby, you know, uh, and, and I can definitely relate to that, you know, because uh, I didn't want to have kids until I was financially able to support them. So I definitely can relate to that, uh, even though, uh, you, you know, I was always kind of mad at my dad for not being around when I when I was when I was coming up. And uh, I'd always made a commitment to myself that I planned on being there for my kids. But, you know, when you're in that line of work that Franklin's in, uh, you're no longer in control of of, of your future. You know, uh, you can only control so much of your future because so much depends on uh, what other people's investigations uh, detail. So um, I thought about that when, when, when I heard the commitment and about him having his first child, all that kind of rung a bell for me, you know, about when... Uh, when
1: I was getting down.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about you, Brett? Did you take anything else from, from the commitment title after watching this?
1: No, I think that's just about what I was kind of feeling too, you know, just doubling down on, on being committed to his inner circle and Franklin being committed to his inner circle and being committed to Veronique as they prepare for their first child.
0: Right. Right.
2: So you doing um, anything that it took to, to stay out of prison. It looks like, that that he had made up his mind, uh, certain things that it may take for him to 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 stay out of prison as far as, as killing Rob, you know, uh, um, and and I, and I noticed when the, when he was telling his uncle about that, his uncle wasn't really excited about him killing Rob, you know. It, I don't know if you remember, but the expression that he gave at the table, he kind of like turned his head to the side and and looked at his girl and it was like, Rob. You know, like, you know, like, we really fucked with Rob, man. And, and I mean, that was just the impression that I got from from the dad, which uh, uh, I, I thought that that was a real expression, you know, because that's that's something that, that I would have said if some one of my homies would have came and, and told me that they killed somebody that was really dear uh, to the family. Yeah. And
1: it also kind of makes you feel like, well, then who's, who's safe? You know, because white Rob was like really part of the family. He was more than just a friend, All you right. know.
0: And he got, you, uh, you know, you Franklin, Franklin got that same reaction, really, from Leon, too, because he tells Leon about the Rob uh, situation when he goes to see him in this episode. And Leon also was kind of like, eh, you know, did you ha- why did you have to do that? That type of thing. So, you know, I think it's, you know, I think it's setting things up for, um, you know, a lot of things, but for, you know, for it to be clear that Franklin, uh, you know, was stopping nothing, you know, to pursue this. Uh, goal of his of you know reaching the top and making some type of grand exit I guess he still has that in his mind but um, you know he's definitely you know the people around him like you said start to you know have to have to start to think about themselves a little bit when they see uh, him uh, making these kind of decisions absolutely because now
2: you only one mistake from being a a casualty you know and, and And the way, uh, you know, the way Franklin killed Rob, I'm still, like, baffled that, you know, uh, his guy was looking into the sky, and he shot him in the back of the head, you know, without him knowing it. It was was like, wow, you know, is that how you get down? So uh, if if I was anybody on the team, you know, I would be on pins and needles.
1: Mm -hmm. And you could kind of see that too when he he killed him. You could see that in in Peach's... uh... Facial expression as he was digging the grave for the other guy Thad that they had killed. You could see Peaches was kind of thinking, "Well, damn, am I next?"
2: Well, you you would think so because now Peaches is a, is a potential witness, to right?
1: A right. Well, not one
2: murder, but two murders,
1: that's right? <laughs> exactly.
2: And, and you talk about two murders. You know, in, in in most cities, especially in California, you know that that that's a capital murder. Those mm-hmm. are capital murders, so so mm-hmm. those those carry the death penalty uh, here in California. Well, not anymore. Do, I, I don't know if we still got the death. I, you know, our death penalty—they play with it so much. One day they got it, one day they don't. So I don't know if, if they still have it today. But but as you know, you know they killed Tookie. Tookie Williams was killed because he had murdered two people. Mm-hmm. Um, even though his was in a robbery, but these two murders would, would probably qualify because it was drug related as well. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, there's certain elements you know that that have to be. Uh, They have to be inside of the case in order to make it a capital murder. But uh, literally what he's doing is committing potentially capital murders. You know, I'd have to get the law to find out, you know, exactly what it is. But those are potential capital murders.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So a a big focus of this second episode is uh, the return of, you know, our old friend, the CIA agent, um, you know, Reed who i guess is now going 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 by teddy after his uh his uh, identity was exposed last season by Franklin's dad um and um so i want to you know i want to spend some time <coughs> today rick really talking about this guy because um you know teddy um is not an identical match to what you dealt with in, in real life, uh, what this is based on. It's, it's just, it's been stretched a yeah. bit, but. Um, when, you know,
2: when I see Teddy, you know, I'm looking at a guy more like uh 007, you know, that they implemented this guy who was smarter than anybody in the set. And, and I'm not saying by any imagination that Danilo wasn't smart. You know, most of the Nicaraguans that I ran into were smart. You know, most of them was college educated. Danilo ran uh, uh, agriculture for Nicaragua. So he wasn't, he wasn't a fool by no imagination. But um, the things that we see Teddy doing, uh, Danilo didn't have those powers. Right. So- At least I didn't see those powers Any, Maybe he did. <laughs> Maybe he did, you know, outside of my knowledge. Because I, I didn't even know that he was a CIA operative. You know, when, when when we were doing what we were doing, I I never had a clue that he was a CIA operative. Only thing that I knew was that he had great dope at a great price, and I loved it. You know, and yeah. uh, uh, and and that he was a smart man. You know, he was able to run businesses. You know, he had a few businesses that he ran. Uh Danilo was very low key. You know, soft spoken guy, uh, uh very unintimidating. Mm. You know. Uh, matter of fact, I would even say that I protected him. <laughs> and and he wasn't he wasn't the, the the smartest cookie in the drawer. You know, I just had to get on those guys all the time about coming over to South Central LA looking for me. You know, they would literally just be driving through the neighborhood like, hey where's Rick? Where's Rick? And I'd be like, Hey man, you can't come over here like that. You know what I'm all saying? Right. These guys know you but uh you don't know what these guys gonna do. I don't know what they are gonna do. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, one day you're talking about guys that are gangbangers you know guys that rob and 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 pimp you know for their living you know so you, you just don't know what they would do to somebody who, who who they know is having millions of dollars of cocaine at their disposal so uh, you know when when they show this guy that 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 is just super super sophisticated you know able to 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 get into a guy's house uh, uh, through locked doors and uh, spike, you know his 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 uh his his uh, alcohol and, and 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 do a quiet keel, you know, where you dying in a couple seconds. Uh, you know, was 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 pretty amazing to me. Uh, I, I look at that more as, as as a movie that should have been, you know, on a double oh seven
0: uh, so, movie or something. So like that. so let let's back up for a second because th- you know what I'm also finding uh, after starting doing this podcast is like there's tons of people that really have no idea about your story. Um, You know, as, as massively, you know, known as your story is, there's still a lot of people that don't know. And then there's a lot of people in particular that don't know that snowfall is really based on your story. So um, let's just back up and, you know, let people know. I mean, one of the most significant things about your story is um, the fact that some years, Later, you know, you were at your height of doing your thing uh, in the 80s, um, and it wasn't 80, until...
2: 84 through 86 okay. were my best years. You know, those are the years that, that I was doing at least a million dollars every day, and, and I would have days, you know, not not every day, but I would have days that a million dollars, three million dollars would go through my hands. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, and I would have days that two million would go through, and I would have days that two and a half million went through... But at, during that time, at least a million dollars would go through my hand on a daily basis.
0: Okay, so um, in in that time period in the '80s, um, the Iran Contra scandal did, you know, emerge and break out, um, you know, but only a part of it. One of the more important parts of it doesn't become exposed until almost ten years later by the reporter gary webb from the san jose mercury news but in the 80s be yes in the 80s it was revealed that uh you know the u.s was secretly uh trading uh arms uh with the iranians um in order to um get those Race arms to the nicaraguans money. yeah the u.s yeah. was uh was uh there was a uh uh, takeover in Nicaragua where the government was uh kind of you know Sandinistas becoming. The Sandinistas becoming.
2: took over it, it's almost like what's happening right now in in uh in uh, Kuwait I mean uh, a Croatia coalition is it? uh Ukraine when the Russia is the attack right now uh Ukraine, Ukraine. it's almost yeah. the same uh uh Russia was back in the Sandinistas and the US was back in the Contra's uh so they had this war going on uh, uh, and the U.S. didn't want uh, uh, the Sandinistas to win because they felt that if they did, Russia would be in their backyard, kind of like what Russia is saying right now with Ukraine, that if Ukraine joins the the, the, the the U.N., then that means that the U.S. and the rest of uh, uh United Nations would be in their backyard. And that was the same thing happening over in Nicaragua. But it was right. reversed where uh, uh, the conscience was backed by the U.S. and uh, Sandinistas was backed
0: by Russia. So, so, so in that case, you know, the U.S. didn't invade Nicaragua like we're seeing now with, uh, with Russia, but they backed the uh, forces that were the rebels in that country, Correct. which were uh, the Contras. And they did so in part because, by uh, doing something secretly with Iran and selling arms. Um, but the more. But that came later, though. That came later
2: okay At first the u s was actually giving them money yes but but what was found out is that the Contra was committing crimes uh that was uh uh against humanity you know uh was was accused of raping uh women and uh, killing kids and and you know just doing horrendous crimes and uh the u s congress uh uh had a hearing and they decided to cut off funding,
0: yeah. So after they cut off funding in the in the mid 80s, that's when they got into this illegal arms trading and hostages being exchanged and things like that, that that gets exposed. And that's when Oliver North, you know, goes in front of, you know, has to testify and all these sorts of things. But um, the most important, uh, I think, aspect of it is what's revealed in 96 by Gary Webb and Gary Webb. Uh, focused on Danilo Blandon, um, among others. But that was a central part of his research, was him discovering that your contact, the person that you were getting your uh, drugs from, um, was actually working as an operative for the CIA. And, you know, that's the connection between the government being responsible for bringing cocaine into America's inner cities behind the scenes. And that's the connection to, you know, really the, the key part of this whole uh, show, what makes the show so intriguing is the CIA's uh, role in all of this. So, yeah, with, with, with the, you know, the CIA's role being, you know, such an integral part of what makes Snowfall, you know, interesting to people. um, Why don't you give, you know, give the listeners and the viewers a little more uh, about Danilo Blandon. Who, who did, how did you meet Danilo? Um, you know, what were, what were your interactions like with Danilo? Was he doing a lot of the, basically the same things that we see Teddy doing uh, in this uh, TV series?
2: Well, well um, Danilo was, was the, 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 the main supplier. Uh, I didn't start with Danilo. I started with a guy named Henry. Henry Corrales, I think is it was his was his last name. And uh eventually I, I worked with Henry. Henry, Henry, Henry was an alcoholic. Henry drunk. And he he didn't take care of his business the way How, he have. How'd you have meet him. Henry? How'd you meet Henry? I, I met Henry through a school teacher that was a, a teacher over at uh Venice Skills Center. And uh I I, I was gonna go to Venice. You know, I, I was I was nineteen years old. And I was kind of lost, you know. I I, I I just discovered that I wasn't going to be going to college to play tennis. And uh, I always wanted to be something, Dave. I never just wanted to to be a lump on the log, you know. So I was looking for uh, things that a person that was illiterate, because I was totally illiterate, uh, couldn't read, couldn't write. I was trying to find something that I could do to make myself relevant in the world, you know. So uh, I joined uh, this 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 school, Bennett Skill Center, and uh, I was taking up car upholstery. You know, it, it, it kind of served two two things for me because I was also building lowriders at the time, and I was going to, to uh, build a slow rider. So while I was there, I started going to class and I'm, I'm, I'm working hard at, at, the, at the you know the way I do with everything. And me and the teacher, we get really tight, and you know, find out he plays tennis and. So we started to go play tennis together and and he he becomes a mentor, a brother, a father figure to me. Uh, And and then I disappear for months. And during this time, I'm selling cocaine. I've I've just been introduced to cocaine. So I go back over to the school because I missed him. You know, like I ain't saw my boy in in months. So I go back and, and with not the intention to tell him what I was doing. I had no intention on telling him I was selling cocaine. Yeah, I mean, that was like the last thing in my mind was to let him know that I sold cocaine. Well, anyway, he, he, he starts to drill me like, where you been? What you been doing? And and I guess, you know, when when somebody can recognize when you when you picked up a few dollars, you know, uh, I don't know how he picked up on the fact that I had, had had a few more dollars than I had when I was going to school. But he he. He picked up, I guess, on something, so he just kept drilling me on, "What you doing? What you got going on? Where you been?" And you know, and, and and I'm not one to lie to my friends, and then I just, you know, came out and said, "Man, I'm selling cocaine now." And he was like, "What?" And he was like, "Man, come to my house tonight." And and I'd never been over to his house before, so uh, I go to his house and. Uh, he asked me how much cocaine are you buying. And at that time I was only buying three grams, you know. <laughs> I'm spending like $350. So uh I tell him what I'm buying, and uh he pulls out some cocaine and he shows it to me. And he was like, Well, next time you're ready, just call me. I'm gonna get you hooked up. And then he starts to go through the story of how he uh uh didn't buy that house from being a school teacher. You know, he wasn't driving a Cadillac from being a school teacher, and, and he wore a lot of jewelry too. And he was like, "You think I got all this jewelry from from teaching school?" And I was like, "What?" And he was like, "Yeah, I made like two hundred fifty thousand dollars selling cocaine, and, and I quit. You know, I quit doing it, and, and now I am uh, a school teacher. So uh, he's like, "I got some plugs for you." So the next day, I called him up, and uh, he called his, his plug over, and it was Henry. So uh, we did a few deals, and uh, what went wrong is that Mr. Fisher was smoking. He he, he was using the drugs. So eventually, uh, I jumped Mr. Fisher and, and went straight to uh, went straight to Henry, and uh, that's how I got to the Nicaraguan. That's how I got my Nicaraguan connection. So w- was Henry Nicaraguan? He was Nicaraguan, yeah it was like a whole little mob of them, you know, it was like, uh, there was, there was two other ones that I eventually met. You, you know, what I, what I was able to do was, was, was jump the ladder. Uh, uh, one of the things that, that, that I had learned, uh, 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 from selling the drugs is that you can jump, you can jump your connection. You can, you can outgrow your connection. You can become, uh, uh, if you become richer than your connection, say for instance, I might want 30 pounds of cocaine because that's what they were selling me at the time. They wasn't selling me kilos. They were selling me pounds. And I would want 30 pounds, but Henry ain't saved his money. So Henry can't get 30 pounds. He can't go and take his money and buy 30 pounds. He needs me to give him my money to go buy 30 pounds, but I'm not giving you my money to go buy 30 pounds. I want to see my 30 pounds when I give you my money. I want the dope right there on the spot. So what eventually happened is Henry started bringing Ivan to the thing because Ivan ain't going to release his cocaine to Henry. He's going to come with his cocaine, just like I wanted to come with my money. And eventually uh, I was able to, uh, to, to jump Henry and get straight to Ivan. Uh, and the same thing with Ivan. Uh, me and Ivan had become really tight. Uh, Ivan got caught cheating on his wife. His wife shot him in the back, paralyzed him. Uh, he was out of commission for about six or seven months, which was really a bad time for me uh, because I didn't have uh, my my same dope connections, you know, with the prices and and so forth. Uh, But then later on, how I got to Danilo is that uh, Henry got slick. After Ivan got shot, Henry came to me because Henry had knew who Ivan was getting the dope from. So he came to me and asked me that, uh, would I pay him a hundred thousand dollars to introduce me to uh, to Danilo? Uh, I was able to talk him down to sixty thousand, and uh, he talked Danilo into giving him sixty thousand as well for the introduction. And that's how it's I got. It's crazy to how
1: these hierarchies work too, because that kind of happened in in Snowfall. I mean, Franklin's original connect, I guess, was was Avi, and then at one point Avi is um, is, is coming to Franklin for help for money. Um, you know, and it gets to a point where Franklin almost has to has to kill Avi because Avi's not returning his his money quickly enough.
2: Oh yeah, I, well, you know I gotta I gotta watch the rest you of the season.
1: Yeah, I know you're not always caught up, but it's interesting. Like that, you know that that's look the, like Javi the was doing pretty.
2: Shift. Look like Avi was doing pretty damn good to me. He was doing really in, in, well
1: in the beginning. in the beginning when when Franklin was just a a little fish in a big pond. He was doing really well, and you know Franklin was begging him for for little cuts here and there. But then the dynamic totally shifted over the next couple of seasons.
2: Well, you know, in, in in the game, the person that that can control the money really can control the game because uh, the money is really the the the, the, the king. You know, mm-hmm. in, in in the game, they say money is king. So yeah. if you can control the money, you definitely can control uh, the drugs. What? Um, I
1: wanted to ask about peaches.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, well, about- no, I just wanted to ask <laughs> ask about peaches. Have you noticed the last couple episodes that he's been sniffling and and coughing, and he's blaming it on a summer cold? But I'm wondering, like, do we do we think that he's maybe dipping in the supply a little bit, or using, or what? What are we thinking?
2: More than likely, I mean, you know you know it's hard for people to um uh to be around the cocaine and not try it. One of the things that I found out about cocaine most people who, who who use cocaine did not get involved with cocaine to be users. they got in it to be dealers, and curiosity gets the best of them you know mm. you 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 just start to wonder like why are all these people doing it you know what's what's the big thing about it uh what does it do to you? You know, you, you just get curious and you wanna you wanna figure those things out. So uh, uh, that that's the main reason that so many people. So I wouldn't be surprised that that that, that uh eventually in the show that that, that he starts to uh, that it that it comes Getting out a curious, but, you know,
1: yeah.
2: And when people start using from the beginning, you can't really tell, you know, because you can right. you, you start off, you know, they can start off really small and and your tolerance level as your tolerance level builds up you need more and more to to satisfy that crave and and you know that's the same thing also with the dealers too you know the dealers we start off small you know remember i said i start off with an eight track uh well really the first time i got some cocaine it was only fifty dollars worth but but you crave more and more and more and more and more that that crave just continuously uh builds as as you go along uh i was really um surprised with uh with, with franklin's guy uh his main guy i can't think of his name right now with the braids I mean,
0: i'm bad with names leon. So, so leon forgive me with the names what was and his name leon. leon and you're beating me to the to the punch because i was about to ask you what what was the most surprising uh part of of the episode um for you well, well you know what
2: i, I surprising I, I i wouldn't say surprised uh, because I don't really know where the show is going, you know these writers to me are all over the place uh, and, and I think they're kind of lost right now with 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 things to 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 add into the show uh, uh, but what 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 I thought was really real was when Leon told the young lady who had lost her job uh did she think that she could be around cocaine again? you know because one of the toughest things is for a, a person who was trying to rehab. To to actually be holding cocaine in your hand, and, and I was really uh, impressed with with that with that scene that they wrote, where, where he told her that I don't think you should be uh, getting involved again. I don't think that you should be around it. I'm gonna do you a favor, and I'm not gonna let you around it. That was that was some real shit.
1: There there's definitely like this this very like wise mature side I think to Leon. He does make these uh. These decisions on other people's behalfs that are that are surprising in a good way, um, you know. When she when and I know you haven't seen all all the episodes, the earlier episodes when she when um, Wanda his his ex girlfriend when she was you know uh, kind of really hooked on on it. He made a point of trying to get her off of it and 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 really almost like kidnapping her and and locking her up so that she would uh could detox and get off of it, and then now, like you're saying, enforcing that she not work work with drugs so that she doesn't get back on it, and, and, and committing her to the hospital. So I think he does make these really wise decisions that I that are um, kind of surprising.
0: Yeah, and, then-
2: yeah well, and, and if he did something like that, I mean, that's some real shit. I've known people to actually lock their girlfriends in, in the house, you know, like, oh, you can't come out of the house. You know, yep. Even me myself, you know, I used to limit, my girlfriend to use, I used to limit where she could go and and when she could be leaving and how long she's supposed to be out because you, you know, uh, uh, when they own that dope, it's, it's hard for them to, to, Mm -hmm. to, to kick. I mean, that cocaine is, is, is a tough, it's a tough animal, you know, to kick. So yeah, Leon is definitely, uh, playing a role of, of, of a real guy. I, I wasn't really impressed with the, with the time when I seen him beat the guys, uh, Feet for, for buying a pair of Jordans,
1: right, yeah,
2: with the shoes, yeah, yeah, that was a little uh, over the top for me. You know, uh, I mean, you know, you talk about making millions of dollars, and, and you gonna pay enough attention to a guy that spends two or three hundred dollars on a pair of shoes? Come on, uh, not in real life.
1: Uh, yeah, I was torn with that, and you know, I didn't understand if he was just trying to. Make a point of saying, you know, don't steal from me because if you're gonna steal these, you know, two three hundred dollars shoes, you'll steal anything from me. You'll steal my my supply. You'll steal, you know, cash out of my wallet. You'll steal anything. You know, I didn't I didn't know if that was his point because there there's a time. There are also times when Leon is so giving when he's had other people run up on him with guns or try to take things from him and he's and he'll say, you you don't have to take it. Just ask me and I'll give you the money. So I that one yeah, was a little. That's kind of a conflict character.
2: too, though. I mean, those are two conflicting statements, though, too.
1: Yeah. You know,
2: if somebody's trying to rob you and 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 you don't really handle that, but you're talking about giving them something, and then some one of your guys, you know, take a few hundred dollars from you and, and you whoop his feet with, and you got three or four guys with you when you do that. Uh, eh, kind of contradictory, in my opinion. It uh, is. If it is. If you're given, if you're a given person, you know you would understand a guy taking two or three hundred dollars. Especially you're talking about millions and millions of dollars being made. You know who cares about a couple hundred bucks?
1: Exactly, because there was a girl last season when they were, you know, searching for Leon who, who ran up on him. Remember, and 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 he was like, you don't have to. You don't have to rob me. You don't have to try to kill me. Just ask and I'll give you, I'll give it to you. And he, and right. he put a, uh you know, a wad of cash in her pocket.
0: I, I think now you got uh, me moving to go back and see that. I,
1: to,
0: <laughs> so I think, I think what we're seeing also is, is maybe some foreshadowing, you know, they gotta, they gotta keep you thinking that Leon will do something, you know, extreme if he has to, or, or, you know, that he, he won't hesitate to do something. That's what I'm thinking. Like, where is he going to go? Is he going to, you know, is there going to be a situation where Leon has to do something, you know, really extreme to Make somebody, whether it's, you know, Franklin or anybody else down yeah. the road? Maybe yeah. they're kind of planting a seed for that. Um,
2: yeah, I could see, I could see him and Franklin
0: bumping heads as well. You know,
2: uh, yeah, because uh, they have in the past. You know, uh, maybe going their separate ways. Where, where, uh, I mean, you know, you look at all the black movies, and most of the black movies that that you see. Uh, the two guys usually break up, and and one wants to quit, and one don't want to quit. You know, you remember in the, in the scene in Superfly, and Superfly, uh, Priest comes to his partner. He's like, "Man, I'm ready to get out of this here." And and uh, and then his partner is like, "Man, you can't get out. The man gonna kill you." And and he said, "I got to wait for us both." Bob. And he said, "Nigga, I don't want no way out. I want to live like this for the rest of my life." And, and he runs back and he tells the man that Priest is planning on getting out the game. So I wouldn't be surprised uh, um, that 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 they add something like that into this into the story, uh, because I believe right now they, they, they ran out of material. You know, material is getting hard to find. So so they're throwing different different uh, Hollywood scenes into into what we're seeing now.
0: I wonder. I wonder who might be able to help them with
1: that. <laughs> I was going to say, just a little soft <laughs> <laughs> Who could give them the real deal? You know? But uh, the other thing I think is interesting is we still don't have a, a definitive answer from Teddy on what's happened to uh, Franklin's parents, right? I mean, we still don't really know. Right? didn't Teddy say. I mean, for all we know, your dad could be locked up in a Cuban prison somewhere, or we still don't really know. For no, sure yeah, that yeah. that that he's dead, or we don't even know for sure what's happened to his mom yet.
2: And Teddy is a weird guy too, you know. Even just he's the way so he looks on such time. a
1: strange guy. He has
2: this this really really stone yeah face, you know. Yeah, like, there's no telling, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, his face yeah. doesn't
2: tell you who he is, you know. Uh, uh, I can't figure I can't figure him out, you know. It, it's like what is with this guy, you know? Who who yeah. is he? You know, does he really like his 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 old lady and his kid, or does he, you know, want to be all powerful? You know, uh, and, and I was really I was really shocked when 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 Franklin told him it was his world. You know, like, uh, I, I listen. Franklin was just bullshitting with he, you know, trying to to throw him off until he gets in a position to uh to 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 take care of him because I don't think yeah. Teddy Teddy is gonna let Franklin quit selling drugs,
1: right. Right, T- Teddy has no swag. I tell you that there is nothing <laughs> swaggy about that man. Usually, I just feel like there's usually something kind of you know sexy. There's you know they have nice little walk. There's nothing. There's nothing about him.
2: Yeah, he's really stone. He's a, he's, yes. a, he's he's kind of a, a stone facer. Uh, uh, you know, no nonsenser. You know, yeah. no parties, no excitement. You know, nothing. even the guy tells him in there. You know, like you don't have no excitement, uh, yeah. the guy he killed, you know, he told him, you know, he, he really laid out his whole persona, you know, he, he knew exactly where Teddy was coming from. He said, oh no, they probably didn't call you back. You just, you just no came problem. back. Cause you won't have a life. Right. You know, uh, uh, and then he tells the guy that, 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 that he's just committed to his job. You know, he's not killing because mm-hmm. he insulted him. Uh, I, I thought that was, um uh, who,
0: was, you know, who who was different. Danilo more similar to? Mm. Teddy or um Grady? would you say? Uh he what wasn't was, similar to neither one of those guys.
2: You know, uh, uh these guys weren't flashy, you know, they they didn't dress with jewelry and and I mean I mean they owned a car lot, so you know they drove okay cars, Mercedes Benz, but uh and they drunk too. They drunk and they snorted cocaine. <laughs> Yeah, they snorted cocaine, uh, but they weren't boastful. Uh, they weren't loud, uh, and and they weren't intimidating. These were like little fat, chubby guys, you know, like
1: interesting uh,
2: uh, guys that 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 I felt that that I could dominate on any playing field that that we went on. I was not afraid to 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 challenge them on 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 any field that that we went on. You know, it could be whatever uh, I, I was not intimidated by him, but I also knew that they were smart, you know, mm-hmm. um, they had rental car agencies, car lots, you know, they, they were doing the business thing, but not the way, uh, uh, the other guy was doing it. They, they more dress more like Teddy, you know, the way Teddy dressed with the, the casualness, you know, jeans, yeah, playing and
1: a, the khakis a, a
2: sports jacket, you know yeah. what I'm saying? They, they dress <laughs> like that, but, uh, just not with his, his level of sophistication. You know, I, I think that he he was much more of a sophisticated guy. Uh, Danilo never even carried. I never saw Danilo with a gun.
1: Wow. Now what about similarities with, with you and Franklin? I know you said you, you, you tried uh, the cocaine a couple of times, but you got really sick off of it. So you didn't like it, but what about uh, drinking?
2: No, I didn't drink. I'm, I'm you, totally didn't,
1: you didn't drink, so you're very similar to, or Franklin, I guess, is very similar to you in that regard. Uh, yeah, no, no drinking, yeah. no drugs.
2: He, he, and he, you know his, his soft spokenness. You know, I, I can relate to that. Uh, but he doesn't show me, and and, and you know, I, I got an ego, but you know, my ego is kind of like hidden. I, I try to hide my ego from people. Most of the people who know me uh, would be my friends know about my ego. You know, like. If we play basketball, like I'm gonna bust your ass. If we play football, I'm busting your ass. You know, if we on the ping pong table, I'm trying to. So, so uh, the people who would know that would be my friends. And I haven't saw that really witness with Franklin yet. You know how his competitiveness, uh, uh, because I'm competitive in everything that I do. Uh, but I try not to let the people that I'm competing against know how competitive I am am because that's part of my, uh, of my edge. And yeah. I haven't really yeah. started with Franklin so far. He's been kind of like uh, cowing down, you know, and it's, you know, like I never would have told Danilo that this was his world, you know, like never am I going to tell you that, you know, uh, if I am, I'm straight bullshitting you. You
0: know, uh, <laughs> we, we shall we shall see if that's what Franklin, you know, yeah, right. had sure, in I mind guess. when he says that at the at the end of this episode. Um, there was a scene earlier in the episode with, uh, you know, Auntie Louie and Uncle Jerome uh, meeting with Avi and they're getting AKs and Mac 10s and mini Uzis. And, you know, you're seeing all this sophisticated weaponry. Um, just wanted to see if you could share some insight on both, uh, how you saw the transformation kind of in the community and in in the streets in the eighties, you know, with the influx of, of more, you know, powerful weapons, basically how did that impact, uh, what was going on, um, you know, in in the drug business and in in the community as a whole. And, and then also, you know, what was the availability and, and how did you get your connects to get those kind of, uh, weapons well,
2: you know, Danilo was 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 one of my connections on the guns as well, uh, and, and you know, when you start having more money, you can buy more sophisticated weaponry. Um, <clears throat> so we had access to, to pretty pretty much any guns that we wanted. You know, Uzis with silencers, Mac Tens uh, with silencers, uh, Thompson. I, I remember uh, I had I had this Thompson and I had it nickel plated, uh, uh, and I used to have it sitting on my fireplace at my at my house and. Uh, somebody walked in and was like, "Is that gun fully automatic?" And I was like, "Yeah." They was like, "You know, that's a federal offense." And I was like, "What?" That's how I grabbed it off the wall and, and got rid of it. So uh, uh, we pretty much had access to to pretty much any kind of weaponry that that we wanted. Uh, even one time, Adi was talking about uh, getting a grenade launcher. You know, uh, because you know we had these crooked cops that was planting drugs on us and and beating us up and all that. And, and, you know, they had an idea of shooting one of those uh, grenades over at the uh, at the police station.
0: Yeah. What about the the evolution of the violence? You know, in the seventies, you know, I don't think there was as much gunplay involved. You know, how how did things change in the eighties? You know, and what was the impact of of that? Well, you know, another thing
2: that I haven't saw in there is, is where the gangbangers, the gang members got into the game. You know, uh, when I did it, you know, most of my friends were gang members. You know, I grew up in gang neighborhood, just the way it was. And, uh, you know, you want for your homie what you want for yourself. So I started to uh, teach gang members how to have money. And when I taught one gang member, then he would teach another one, and he would teach another one. So uh, you could just imagine now, guys who you know the gang might only have one gun or two guns now they got enough money to buy guns for the whole gang that there, there's definitely going to be more shootings and, and uh more casualties that go along with that so I, I i believe that as the as the drug business grew you know uh the money grew uh, so did the weaponry uh so did the homicides and and and, uh, and all the deals wasn't necessarily over the drugs you know uh most of most of the killing in my personal opinion in my personal opinion in in the neighborhood is 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 over, you know, women, um somebody having a fight and losing a fight and uh he can't take it, and he come back and kill this person and then his set come back and kill that person and, and, and it just starts this evolution of of this war that we've had uh with the Crips and the Bloods for the past um I don't know how many, thirty, forty years but absolutely the, uh, the, the money, uh, brought more guns and more guns definitely, uh, led to more, uh,
0: more murders, more, uh, um, more mayhem. One of the last things I wanted to just bring up as a thought, you know, Teddy, uh, Reed, you know, we see him in this episode, you know, pushing his way back into the fold, getting his old job back. Um, Etc., And, um, you know, he, he uses the, the rationale a lot of times of, you know, this is important for the country, for democracy. You know, we've got to keep this war in Nicaragua going. We've got to keep funding it no matter what, you know, because I guess, you know, again, this is, you know, for our democracy. So, you know, they try to paint, uh, paint Teddy as a Patriot, you know, as somebody who's doing, going to all these lengths, um, you know, for the, for the better. Well, if he's cooperating, if he, if he's cooperating with the government,
2: if he's helping the government with a mission, then in actuality, he is a Patriot. He is, uh, uh, somebody that is, is, is helping the American agenda, you know, what the president of the United States uh, wanted to happen, uh, so in, in in a sense, you, you are a patriot uh, to that cause, even if what you're doing is 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 wrong or illegal. Yeah. In my um, personal opinion, that's just my personal opinion. Uh, now, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals said that it don't matter if the government did supply the drugs. And if you start selling drugs, you're a felon, you're a drug dealer. So uh, right. Right. it's just right. according to, you know, whose side of the fence you on?
0: Yeah. I think that's something we can keep talking about as the season goes on. Um so um you guys have any other thoughts? I think we covered a lot of a lot of what happened in the episode. And what do you guys any anything else before we um wrap it up? Wrap this one up today. Nobody?
1: No.
0: Nope. All right, so um so after the snow um brought to you by breakbeat media um i'm dave mays co-founder and ceo of breakbeat i've got brett jeffries
1: co-creator of uh after the snow and co-executive producer as well as your chief creative officer of breakbeat media
0: yes and of course the illustrious freeway rick um thanks for being here again this week um We'll be back to talk about episode three shortly. And uh, we'll see you guys then. Peace. Peace.